1: Is Jack Del Rio's defense in trouble where it's not working as well as we thought it would and what the possible solutions are coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders,
2: your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in Commanders fans to today's episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And of course, don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider just by going to joinsubtextcom slash Locked On Commanders. Uh, from there, you can text me during games, practices, the whole nine yards. Uh, right now, I am not attending things in person. Uh, still working through some things on the family side, but I will return uh, in person as soon as I can. Washington Commanders and their, and their PR staff have been amazing, and I appreciate them just as much as I appreciate all of you. Of course, I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter, at DHarrison82, credential member of the media, covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I am here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our dares. And as always, I appreciate your continued support For the program on today's show, we're opening up the mailbag. We got a lot of questions, mostly pertaining to the defense and a lot of a lot of information uh, that we need to get through. Uh, But I will also have a question about a free agent offensive tackle that we could be talking about. But we're going to start off today's episode looking at something I got multiple questions about on the defensive side of the ball. And that is the defense as a whole, but specifically the pass rush. So through four weeks of the NFL season, Washington has given up the 10th most yards per play. Uh, In total, pass and rush combined, 5.6 yards per play is what Washington is giving up. They're giving up the seventh most rushing yards per play, which is 4.54, and they're giving up the ninth most passing yards per play at 7.02. So in yards, Washington's defense has been the bottom 10 or has been a bottom 10 defense across the board through the first quarter of the season. Now, they also have the 21st ranked interception rate. Uh, They're allowing 19 first downs per game, and they're allowing nearly 40% conversions on third down on average, and are given up 30 points per game as a defense. Now, all of these numbers are obviously down from last year, and they're down from where we all expected the defense to be this year when we looked at them as a potential top 10, top 8, even some murmurs about being a top 5 units. Uh, the only rate that is up is the interception rate, which is up a little bit, but again, still the 21st ranked interception rate in the NFL, so you definitely want that to be higher. That's why you brought in guys like Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin, and Quan Martin is yet to get into defensive snap uh, this season. Now, when you look at the sack rate, the sack rate is actually higher, even though the ranking is the same. The ranking for the sack rate is sixth best in the NFL so far. Washington finished sixth best last year with Chase Young being back this year. You would think that number would go up and that's what you want to see. But last year's sixth best sack rate was actually eight sacks for every hundred pass attempts. This year so far, sixth best is is almost 10 sacks per hundred pass attempts. So even though the ranking is the same, the number of sacks per hundred pass attempts is actually gone up this season. Um, but that even that number is a little bit skewed because during uh, against Philadelphia Eagles just last week, three sacks on 40 pass attempts. That's a 7.5% sack rate. Uh, their total sack rate is about 9.6 for the Washington commanders right now. So that's below the season number uh, Buffalo. They had no sacks on 32 pass attempts. So it's 0% obviously well below the season uh, percentage of 9.6 Denver, seven sacks on 39 pass attempts. That's 18. So that's where you get your bump. And then the Arizona Cardinals three sacks on 33 pass attempts. That's a 9% rate. So Three of the four games so far, Washington's defense has actually come in under their current total sack rate for the season, which means that that number is being inflated by one performance, which is that seven sack performance against the Denver Broncos. Now, the good news is the Chicago Bears are allowing sacks on 13.82 percent of their own pass attempts, which is fourth worst just behind the Titans, Giants and the Commanders. So there is the option. There's the, the potential for the Washington Commanders to actually get a get right game here. With the Chicago Bears get some more sacks on the board, uh, increase that sack percentage a little bit, but also increase the actual numbers of sacks that they have uh, this season. So that's kind of the the commander's defense in a nutshell, right? That's stats, right? So the stats don't look good, but what do we see in the stats? Well, going back through the Eagles game, because that's why I was asked specifically about what was the problem with the pass rush, right? You see the three sacks, but honestly, two of those three sacks came because of Jalen Hurts. One of them was like a no gainer and minus one yard sack uh because he decided to run on a pass play barely made it back to the line of scrimmage didn't or came short of the line of scrimmage so it comes down as a sack right only one of those sacks was really a sack that the commanders can hang their hat on and say boom we got that sack that was the one that Chase Young got early in the game uh, so i looked i went back through the eagles tape and i and i went through the coaches tape the all 22 and i went one uh one play by one play and i looked at it at all three angles um so nfl plus you get two angles and that's great coaches tape you get three angles so that's what i like to use um when i get my hands on it so The the bottom line here with the Washington commanders and the way that this defense honestly runs is they have to win their one on one matchups. This is why the Washington commanders invested four first round draft picks on the defensive line, because they needed really talented guys up there to run this Jack Del Rio defense, which, again, doesn't only rely on those four guys, but primarily relies on those four guys winning their one on one matchups. You hear players talk about all the time. Just got to win your one on ones. And that's true. That's true in the NFL. It's true in any game. Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, if not the best, and it took 10 plays in this game for one Washington Commanders front lineman to win their one on one. It wasn't until the 10th play of the game uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles it was still their first drive, and it came on the Washington 17. So the Philadelphia Eagles got all the way down to the Washington 17 before one of the defensive front four won their one on one matchup on a given play. Philly ran 67 total plays. That's a rate of six one on one wins. For the game. Now, they won more than that, so that's good. That means they improved, but in total, I counted eight one-on-one assignment wins for the Washington Commanders defensive front. Unfortunately, on the play that on the first play that the Commanders got a one-on-one win, play action sucked linebacker Jamin Davis into the middle of the field and Jalen Hurts threw a slant right behind him with Deron Payne, who got the one-on-one win crashing down on him. That's not a dig on Jamin Davis. Jamin did what a lot of linebackers are going to do with play action. He cheated towards the direction of the play action, tried to get back Once he realized the ball wasn't with the running back by that time, Jalen Hurts was delivering the ball right behind him. That's just a good offensive play by Jalen Hurts in the Eagles offense. There are some reps where you can tell that someone is guarding against a Jalen Hurts run, whether it be Chase Young, Montez Sweat, whoever it is. The pass rush, the defensive front four, the organic pass rush is not coming as hard as you would want them to because they're worried about Jalen Hurts for good reasons. So to Jack Del Rio's credit. Uh, they did bring multiple pass rush looks. They dropped linemen. They brought linebackers, brought safeties. They did about as many different things as you can ask a defense to do against Jalen Hurts and that offensive line and the quarterback uh, to try to get them consistent penetration. It just didn't work. The Eagles just outmatched them and outplayed uh, them at the point of attack for much of the game. But like I said, there were eight one-on-one wins, including that first one by Duron Payne, including Chase Young sacks. And yeah, they got six more. Cody Barton came on a nice blitz through the B gap early in the third quarter uh, to get a win um, for the, for the Washington commanders defense. Again, that's not necessarily the front four getting a one-on-one win, but that's a pressure that the, the commanders get, get credit for. And they can, they created it on their own. Maybe it's better. I say they had eight pressures that they created versus the pressures that Jalen Hurts just kind of took uh, for holding on to the ball. Chase Young later forced uh, was forced inside Jalen Hurts escaped outside With no contain behind him uh, on that cody barton blitz so a nice blitz turned into a big gain for the eagles because they lost contain because chase Young was forced down uh inside later on jonathan allen did a great job of peeling off uh, of a pass rush to keep jalen hurts from a big gain. no real quick penetration but the look of six rushers including cody barton coming free forced a hurried throw uh and that was incomplete from jalen hurts james smith williams uh, was in, in quick on a play action play, but but there were no con- there was no contain from the linebacker level. Uh, they got too far upfield and Jalen Hurts ran right up the middle of the defense um, and, and got a play. Ultimately, uh, there was there was another Cody Barton or James with Williams play rather. Sorry, that in, that resulted in an intentional grounding penalty. And then, of course, they got two sacks on Jalen Hurt Jalen Hurts facing uh, a quarterback as dangerous as Jalen Hurts is with the legs that he has. Uh, It pushes defenses away from being more aggressive than they want to be as aggressive as they want to be, especially in the pass rush. It minimizes blitzes and even causes some non blitzing pass rushers to hold up and hesitate in their pass rush on the intentional grounding play in overtime. James Smith Williams was coming in on hurts. He pulled up because he was anticipating Jalen hurts, maybe running away from him. And that allowed Jalen hurts to get the ball out. Now it worked out in that case because they didn't get the sack, but they did get the intentional grounding. But that's the kind of situation where in, in another situation, That could be Jalen Hurts finding an open receiver because he gets that little bit of a hesitation from a guy like James Smith-Williams. On the final play of the game, before the Eagles got their game-winning field goal, Chase Young, if you watch him, doesn't commit to his pass rush off the edge. Instead, he kind of comes forward, but then he goes back and kind of falls into, not really a zone, but just kind of hangs back and says, okay, if Jalen Hurts runs this thing, I want to make sure I have it covered from from his side anyway. Uh, Hurts ends up finding a receiver. The Eagles get the game-winning field goal. And I'm not saying that Chase Young, you know, fully commits to the pass rush that that play changes necessarily, but that's just an example of what talented guys like Jalen Hurts can do against a pass rusher and a pass rush in general. Uh, They almost become passive at times because of the threat of the leg. So that's what I saw from the pass rush. That's why it wasn't as impactful. uh, Not winning one-on-ones very often. Philly's quick passing game countering when they did passive pass rushing because of the Hurts uh, threat with his leg. What does Washington have to do to solve the problem against Justin Fields? So another mobile quarterback coming up. We're going to talk about that next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Jets running back Brees Hall has had a tough season so far with his limited usage, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six carries against the Chiefs in Week 4 is great foreshadowing for his best game of the season. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week 5, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. The Broncos' defense is falling apart against the run, especially versus faster backs. Expect Hall to go off to help the Jets try to get a much-needed road win. Meanwhile, Packers running back Aaron Jones didn't fare well with limited work returning from his hamstring injury against the Lions in Week 4. With some time to heal off a mini-buy, look for Jones to be ready to show his old explosive self as a runner and receiver on Monday night in Las Vegas. He will feel right at home with plenty of cheeseheads making the trip to the desert against a bad Raiders overall defense not too far down the road where Jones' star was born in his hometown of El Paso, Texas. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And they know that the same goes with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <music> Thanks again for being a Locked On Your first listen or view today and every day. Football season is here and in full swing, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hosts Tanitra Batista, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That means you can tune into Locked On Commander's YouTube channel as well. To find that, and it will be up on the audio feeds as well as soon as it uh, is done. At 8 a.m. Saturday mornings, is when they'll be available on audio. The other parts of the defense. We talked about the pass rush a little bit. Look, at the end of the day, when you're facing a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts, like Justin Fields this weekend, you got to kind of pick your poison. Are you going to sit back a little bit and let him have the time to throw? You got to trust your DBs, trust your coverage uh, immensely to be able to do that. Or are you going to come after him and trust your contain? and then trust your second-level assignments. That's where linebackers really come in on this. Because if we're going to go after a dude, we have to essentially design our pass rush like an offense. So this guy's going to go up here. This guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go here. Our 4 defensive linemen, this is where they're going to go on this play call. If that play call happens, if I'm Cody Barton, if I'm Jamin Davis, if I'm not blitzing, I have to understand the A-gap. It might be the A-gap. It might be the B-gap. It might be the C. They might collapse. So if he gets to the edge, I got to get the edge whatever the defensive line, the pass rush isn't going to be able to plug as a pass rusher. I've got to now be ready and available to stop that. Now the problem with that is I've also got to cover, you know what I'm saying? So that's where the difficulties come in. Uh, You know, me personally, I'm always kind of a die by the gun, live by the gun type of guy. So I like being aggressive, go after a dude. If he gets out and beats you, he gets out and beats you be better. Um, But I don't like passive defense. You know what I mean? There, everybody has their style. Everybody has their preference. So, that's me personally. You might have, a, have your preference, you know what I mean? But I don't like seeing 99 standing back there waiting to see if Jalen Hurts is going to run. I want to see 99 with his, his locks blowing in the windows as he's trying to run upfield and get after it. You know what I mean? So that's just me personally. Uh, the other parts of the defense that people are asking questions about right now is Emmanuel Forbes. You know what I mean? The rookie cornerback. Uh, he played more snaps Sunday against the Eagles than he had all season long. A lot of times he was matched up against Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown. Uh, in total, Forbes was targeted 13 times, not all to Brown, but a good amount to Brown. Allowed nine catches, again, not all to Brown, but a good amount to Brown. 197 yards and two touchdowns. He also had two passes defense and a lot of QBR 151.4, which is nearly perfect. So not a good day for the young defensive back. And my understanding is he's deactivated his Twitter account, which is unfortunate because that means he's beginning getting a lot of grief. Hopefully not by Commander's fans. Hopefully, you know, I would like to think people understand that we're all human beings and and, you know, He's not happy about the performance any more than anybody else is, But he's also a young man who is four weeks into his professional job trying to get better. Uh, but it's also remember that those two PBUs were both nearly interceptions and close doesn't matter with what happened in week four. Right. It doesn't matter. But it could matter for week five. against Chicago Bears, it could matter for week eight when the commander see the Eagles again and so on. So Forbes got worked. There's no denying that there's no shirt coating it, but it shouldn't discount that at a lot of other times he was in good position. Uh, he made good plays against arguably one of the best receivers in the game, against arguably the best receiving duo in the game, and that's something worth building on. And Key is building on it. Chicago is going to target him. I guarantee you, they've seen the tape. They're going to target him with DJ Moore. They're going to target him with Darnell Mooney. So his bounce back starts now. It doesn't start in Week Eight. Like Week Eight isn't the revenge game. The revenge game is now. You know what I'm saying? And what you like about Emmanuel is if you if you watch the tape is that he never stops fighting. Yeah, and everybody saw the sideline, you know, where he's he's beside himself. He's angry. He's frustrated. You know what I mean? All those things. But after that, there was still a game to play. There's still overtime to play, and he played, he came back, and he fought, and he played hard. Uh, there's a route in overtime that Jalen Hurts tries deep where Forbes is in coverage on Brown, and his coverage is so good that A.J. Brown doesn't even think there's a chance that ball is coming. Never watch him run the route. He just doesn't even think the ball is coming his way. So that's a positive, right, that you just covered one of the best receivers in the NFL so well. But he just, he's like, there's no way my quarterback is throwing this ball. Philly tried to hit him with another double move in overtime, uh, and he didn't bite on that one. So, again, they lost the game. Emmanuel Forbes gave up a lot of plays. That is fact. But there are some good things there to build on uh, as well. And, again, nobody's sugarcoating the bad game that Forbes had, but there are promises, promising signs there. And in week eight, some of that growth could turn two PBUs and an interception, maybe two interceptions, or it could take longer. He's a rookie at the cornerback position, man. That's one of the toughest, if not the second toughest job to Convert into the NFL in from college is cornerback. So, uh, you know, you got to take the good with you got to take the bad with the good. And unfortunately, uh, for Emmanuel, just like unfortunately for Sam in week four or week three, they're bad as young players came at the expense of a team possibly winning that game. Uh, next question locked on commanders insider Fran text me and asked. While Justin Fields started out pretty bad, sometimes in dramatic fashion, for weeks one through three, he seemed to rebound in week four. What can the Commanders do to bring back his week one to three performance levels? Uh, To answer that, I went back and I watched a lot of coaches' tape from the Chicago Bears game against the Denver Broncos, and I'm going to share with you what I saw coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? I know that feeling uh, these days. I'll tell you what. Sometimes you try and focus on one thing, But this other thing, whether it be a problem, an experience, uh, another life event, just keeps getting put in the way, just keeps butting in and will not let you keep your eyes on the prize that you are trying to focus on. Therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back so you can work on yourself instead of against yourself. It helps you for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have experienced major traumas. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible. And suited for your schedule. You fill out fill out a quick uh, survey. You get paired with a therapist. If you don't like that therapist for whatever reason, doesn't matter what it is, and you want to change, you can change anytime. No questions asked. Make your brain your friend with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first
0: month. That's betterhelp help com slash locked on. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: Continuing with today's episode, wrapping up today's mailbag episode. I told you there's a lot of information to go through. I am not going to be able to get it all in on this episode, so I will be dropping a bonus episode Uh, not sure if that's going to be before the game Thursday night, because the the next question I need to get in can, can actually wait. Uh, so I might drop that on Friday or Saturday. Um, I'm also going to drop my second quarter preview, um, as a bonus episode. Uh, I know it's weird because it's going to come after the first game of the second quarter, but I promise you, uh, the, the projection, the commander is going to beat the Chicago bears. Okay, guys, like that's going to be my projection for the first game of the second quarter. So, there will be, you know, if, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but if an amazing upset by the Chicago Bears happens, you will not see my, bon- my, my bonus second quarter preview episode drop on, on Friday or Saturday or whatever day it is, uh, say, oh, man, I think the Bears might beat the Commanders. Look how smart I am, okay, because that's not at all uh, how I see this thing going. And tomorrow, if you watch the crossover, you'll see that Lauren Cox of, of Locked On Bears agrees with me. So, Locked On Commanders insider Fran Ask a question. While Justin Fields has been pretty bad, for the most part of the season, he had a pretty good week four. So how do the commanders prevent Justin Fields from having another career-type game for uh, for his career? To answer that, I went through the Broncos tape, the Broncos-Bears tape. Uh, I watched the entire, entire Broncos defense matchup against Chicago Bears offense. Uh, and when you look at the game flow of that game, the Chicago Bears gained 25 yards on their first possession before punting from around midfield. Uh, So, you know, decent movement to start the game, not a scoring drive. But then they cracked off five strong drives. The second drive of the game, nine plays, 75 yards and a touchdown. Three plays, 49 yards and a touchdown after that. Five plays, 75 yards and a touchdown after that. Seven plays, 41 yards, halftime after that. 15 plays, 75 yards and a touchdown after that. And those five drives right there, uh, the Chicago Bears rattled off 315 yards of offense, 8.07 yards per play and 63 yards per possession. Uh, including the one that ended with halftime. So, but then after that, okay, the Bears had a three-play drive, five yards and a punt, five-play drive, 10 yards and a fumble. The fumble was returned for a touchdown. 11 plays, 82 yards, uh, turnover on downs in field goal range to take the lead with less than three minutes left in the game. Uh, that's that's a Bears problem, not a not an us problem, but it's unbelievable. Uh, and then ultimately, seven-play, 33-yard drive with an interception. So the bottom line is after those really impressive early drives, uh, the Bears then went on to have five yards per play, which is still not terrible, but not as good. 32.5 yards per drive. And really, if you take out that 82-yard drive that they could have taken the lead on, that they didn't take the lead on, uh, you're looking at an even smaller uh, yards per play average and, and yards per drive average. So basically, Chicago's offense earned the Bears a shot at winning, and their head coach gave it away trying to win better, uh, which when you're 0-3, bro, just just take the opportunity to win um, You don't get No need style points here. So what did I see in those first, or the, the, not the first five drives, but those five drives, drives two through six. So here's what I saw, drives two through six. Drive two was uh, the nine-play, 75-yard drive, and a touchdown. Right. That's that's what we saw there. So in that drive, what I saw right off the bat was a whole lot of motion, a whole lot of play action, and a touchdown on an out-and-up route that really challenged the technique this of the Denver Broncos defense. Two big plays, including the touchdown, took advantage of poor coverage, discipline, and technique. The TD should not have stood. If you've seen the, the replay of the DJ Moore touchdown, he did not get the right foot down in bounds. I don't know how that stood. It's not my problem, but it is a problem if it happens again this weekend. So, still an impressive drive. They still may have scored a touchdown, but at the end of the day, that play shouldn't have happened. But the reason it happened at all is because of poor coverage, discipline and technique on the part of the Denver Broncos secondary. Now, drive three uh, was a three-play drive, 49 yards and a touchdown, more play action, more pre-snap motion, and more undisciplined coverage by the Denver Broncos. On the touchdown play, Broncos linebacker Alex Singleton has zone responsibility on the left side of the defense, and he lets Cole Komet run right through his zone, right up the seam, unbothered, unencumbered and it leads directly to the touchdown the fourth drive of the of the of the series five plays 75 yards and a touchdown more play action more motion right to left left to right movement in the formation in the in the route trees uh really testing the discipline of the broncos defense and especially the linebackers alex singleton and drew sanders now we already talked about singleton right but on this drive on a 22 yard pass to cole commit the tight end sanders gets completely sucked in by justin fields rolling right leaves his zone completely unaccounted for and you can can see the confusion on drew sanders body language as he's originally thought that the running back coming into his zone is now on the ground sanders didn't know what to do with himself after that kind of a i don't know what to do with my hands moment and it ends up in a 22 yard pass cole Komet, because cole Komet sneaks through the back end of his zone while drew drew sanders basically sitting there saying i don't know what to do again rookie so it's a young guy mistake right on the touchdown pass to commit at the end of that draft, Kareem, or that drive, Kareem Jackson, who we all think probably should have been uh, suspended for that game anyway, breaks away from Cole Komet in a scramble drill to try to get to Justin Fields. Okay, that's that's fair. Instead of picking up the man, instead of picking up Cole Komet from the back end of the scramble drill, though, linebacker Alex Singleton tries to join the pursuit for Justin Fields. Runs right by Cole Komet, doesn't cover him, even though he literally can see Kareem Jackson leaves Cole Komet to go after Justin Fields. I'm coming in here. What you should do is cover the guy that he just left. What he does, though, is says, I'll add a third or fourth body into this pursuit of Justin Fields, who, by the way, is no longer running towards the goal line. Now he's drifting out of bounds, just looking for a last second place to, to put the ball. And Alex Singleton gives him in a wide open tight end for another touchdown where he should have been covering. Right. So, again, undisciplined coverage by the Denver Broncos. Fifth drive, seven plays, 41 yards, at least a halftime. OK, but first and half of the Broncos drive. Patrick Sertain, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, collapses down on an inside zone while he's got an outside zone, collapses in on the slot receiver. Not even his dude, not even his zone. Leaves DJ Moore completely uncovered on the right boundary. And honestly, Justin Fields actually leads DJ Moore into the deep safety instead of leading him shorter into the vacant zone for an easy pitch and catch. Uh DJ, DJ Moore makes the catch anyway, but Justin Fields certainly could have thrown that ball better. I showed that play to my wife, guys, because I was so amazed. Uh, I showed that play to my wife who knows nothing about football. And she immediately said, why did that guy in white just let that other guy run right by him? That's a good stinking question. Uh, Bears used less motion, and less play action later in that drive. And they eventually stalled uh, and actually had a fourth, fourth down try at the end of the half, uh, just trying to do garbage time type stuff. Um, so it actually shows when they don't use motion, when they don't use play action, not as good uh, six play of the drive, 15 plays or six drive of the game. 15 plays, 75 yards and a touchdown, more motion, more play action. Or are you catching a the theme uh, on third and seven from the Denver 26 Broncos cornerback Demari Mathis abandons his zone, allowing bears receiver Darnell movie to catch a crosser moving left to right for a gain of 17 to the Denver nine yard line. Uh, so again, that comes on third and seven. You're about to stop him for a field goal on, on two, on a two yard touchdown pass to Khalil Herbert. The bears again use motion. They again use play action. They use a bootleg by Justin Fields. The intended play. Was to try to open up the middle of the field where Khalil Herbert would be sitting for a back, you know, for, a uh, you know, Justin Fields rolls out, throws it back to a wide open Khalil Herbert. Well, Rongo's defensive tackle, DJ Jones does a great job, doesn't bite on it, covers Khalil Herbert, which is amazing. But then Khalil Herbert moves and DJ Jones just stands there and Justin Fields ends up getting a wide open running back for a touchdown pass. So. I mean, just undisciplined coverage, guys. That's At the end of the day, that is what bit the Broncos against Chicago Bears. That's why the Chicago Bears should have won that game. It's why Justin Fields had a career day against them, even though they lost. Drive seven and eight combined for 15 yards total. Drive seven, the Broncos defense actually played with really good discipline. Uh, drive eight, much of the same. Uh, it, it actually started going really, really poorly for the Broncos defense, but Justin Fields held on to the ball too long, got strip sacked, led directly to a Broncos touchdown. So that's combined with a boneheaded decision by the head coach to not take the lead near the end of the game uh, resulted in the bears loss. So as long as the commanders don't show the same amount of mental errors that the Broncos defense did, as long as they don't play with the same lack of discipline that the bears or the Broncos defense did, they should not be giving up 28 points to Justin Fields and Chicago bears offense. Um, also a good amount of Broncos mistakes came in man with their corners and linebackers simply couldn't keep up with bears playmakers, usually running left to right or right to left cross formation. Obviously while watching the bears offense work, I also watched the Broncos defense uh, from what I saw, it looks like Washington should get a lot of opportunities with inside zone runs, screens, uh, and perimeter passes. Chicago blitzed Denver a good amount of times in mean the eight times total, uh, but they did so with the closed middle of the field. It means if you're blitzing and you've got a closed middle of the field, then your crossing patterns or your boundary patterns are going to be open. Quick outs, sprint outs, all those things are going to be open. So if that happens again against Washington this, this week, uh, Washington should be able to take advantage of that. So uh, inside zone, screen works. Uh, if they blitz, they usually leave the middle of the field closed, which means your perimeter is open. If they blitz up the middle, that usually means a deep middle shot is open. Uh, plenty of opportunities for the commanders to stay ahead of the chains and come out of week five, three, and two, as far as I'm concerned. We got another question about a free agent tackle. I still want to give you my keys to the game, so I'm going to try to drop a bonus episode before we get to Thursday Night Football, but we've also got crossover Thursday coming up, and I don't want to crowd the timeline too much. Uh, real quick, in case I can't get to I'll give you my three keys to a commander's win. Um, the three keys to a commander's win against Chicago Bears. Play your defense and play it disciplined. Don't get out of your zones. Don't get sucked in by the motion, the crossers, the bootlegs, the play action. That's number one. Number two, take advantage of the running lanes and the screen opportunities. Number three, prey on the perimeter when it's available. Again, the Bears like to blitz with the closed middle of the field, which means the perimeter is usually a one-on-one coverage. The Bears have got some banged-up secondary members, and they're, the secondary members that were healthy weren't all that good. To begin with, Terry McLaurin should be able to eat on the outside. Jahan Dotson on crossers. Curtis Samuel on crossers. Sprintouts. Logan Thomas should have a really good day. Maybe we see Cole Turner getting in the end zone. Brian Robinson. I'm starting him in my fantasy. League. Those are my three keys to a commander's win. In case I don't get that bonus drop for you, make sure you come back tomorrow for crossover Thursday. In the meantime, if you got questions or more comments, more questions for future mailbags, just throw them into the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter or send them to me directly by becoming a lock insider at jointsubtextcom subtext.com slash locked on commanders got a new insider on thursday morning so shout out to dyron for uh, for joining the insider program i appreciate you as always i thank all of you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do and thanks so much for making me a part of your day part of your routine until we speak again please be safe be kind and i'll see you right back here next time for another episode of locked on commanders part of the Locked On podcast network your team every day